Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. God wants us to know that He has a wanted sign out in His office. It's wanted, full-time employees. God does not want part-time Christians. God does not want part-time followers. He wants those who long for Him with a hunger and with a thirst. When we desire to do God's will and do it to our fullest potential, it becomes our passion, our full-time goal in life. This is something that God desires for us. He wants to bless us, but He also wants to use us. God is always looking for full-time employees, as Pastor Ed puts it in today's message. We can't be fully committed to God's work for part of our lives. We need to allow the hunger and thirst for God to grow and take control. Only then will we discover that God is the only one who will completely satisfy us. Let's join Pastor Ed in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 6, for his continuing study entitled, Those Who Hunger. The closer you are to God, the more that longing becomes real in your life, the deeper that desire, the more you want to worship, the more you want to praise, the more you want to draw near to Him. Spiritual leader was baptizing one of his converts. And he held him under the water. And time went on. Now, we don't do that here, so don't worry. (laughs) But he held him under the water. And he began the gasp of breath. And the man just lifted him up. And then he put him down again. And then he lifted him up, and the man was struggling. And he put him down again. And then finally he got up, and he looked at this spiritual leader and he said what are you doing you trying to kill me he said no I wanted to just teach you an important lesson when you want God as much as you want that air you'll know him you'll find him we ought to have this intense desire that's what Jesus was saying he says hunger and thirst he picked out two words that are basic to our nature when a person is hungry what do they think about food I remember when our children were young and um, I think Missy's was her favorite was McDonald's at that time and you know we'd be driving in the car and she'd Mickey D's McDonald's and then Ryan would say And I said, no, no, we got to get to our destination. And for the next half an hour, an hour, all you heard about was because they're hungry. (laughs) There ought to be that spiritual hunger in our lives that God becomes the focus. E. Stanley Jones said this. This desire for righteousness becomes a hunger that eats up the lesser hungers of one's life until the man himself is eaten up with all this all-inclusive hunger. You begin to hunger for God so much that that takes precedence over every other desire and hunger in your life. Our hymn writers Put it this way. 
more about Jesus in his word, holding communion with my Lord, hearing his voice in every line, making each faithful saying mine. And the chorus says, more, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness, see, more of his love who died for me. The attitude is, Lord, I can't get enough. The second point, not only the intensification of holy desire, but the aspiration of holy desire. In Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. People hunger and thirst for a lot of things. Oh, let me have this spiritual experience. And they go from meeting to meeting to hear preacher after preacher, service after service, looking for some high. Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who hunger for some spiritual high. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You can't satisfy your life on the husk of this world like the prodigal son did. He realized when he came to himself that all he needed was in the Father's house. Isaiah poses this question to God's people, and I pose it to you. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Why do we try and satisfy a spiritual hunger through earthly means? It doesn't work. Terry L. Johnson rightly says concerning this term righteousness, the righteousness we are to seek is God's righteousness. And God's righteousness can only be found in God. So really when Jesus hunger and thirst for righteousness, it's the idea of God. He is the righteous God. I recognize I'm poor, inadequate in myself, and I need something greater than myself. I need God. We see this in the life of Moses. We see it in his cry when he said, Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I might know you. Because of our fallen nature, we tend to feed on the wrong things. Jesus met a woman like that in John chapter 4. She was trying to fill the emptiness inside with relationships. And five times she had been married. And none of those relationships filled her deepest need. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Why are we so mesmerized by the rich and famous? It's not found in a mansion on earth. It's not found in a bank account. It's not found in a great stock portfolio. Elvis Presley 
We're all familiar with him. He understood the Christian message. He was familiar with it. But he tried to fulfill that desire through materialism and sensuality. In his first two years of stardom, it was estimated that he earned approximately $100 million. And that was a lot of money back then. He had three jets, two Cadillacs, a Rolls Royce, a Lincoln Continental, a Buick, and a Chrysler station wagon. A Jeep, a dune buggy, and a converted bus and three motorcycles. Now his favorite was his Cadillac limousine. On the top it was a pearl white. The body was sprayed with 40 coats of prepared paint that included crushed diamonds and fish scales. Nearly all the metal trim was plated with 18 karat gold. Now if you had the privilege of sitting inside of his car, you would see two gold telephones, a gold vanity case containing a gold electric razor, and gold hair clippers, an electric shoe buffer, a gold-plated television. Elvis Presley is legendary for his sensuality. Those most familiar with him share with us that he died from his appetites for drugs, for experiences. It left him empty and lonely and miserable. And it leaves everyone empty and lonely because you can only be happy Jesus' way. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those that mourn over their sins. Blessed are the meek. Happy are the meek. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. As soon as you put, right, as soon as you put happiness first, you have the cart before the horse. Happiness is a byproduct of living a beatitude type of life. Happiness is a result of walking in obedience to God, a relationship with God. And Jeremiah the prophet bemoans the people of God when he says, my people have committed two sins, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cistern, Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. God speaking through Jeremiah looks at his people and says, You've done two evils, you've forsaken me, and you've dug out your own wells. Listen, there's only one well that will give you satisfying water for your soul. It's called the well of salvation. Nothing in this world will satisfy you. Once you get it, you want something else. Once you've arrived, you realize it's not enough. God wants us to know that he has a wanted sign out in his office. It's wanted, full-time employees. God does not want part-time Christians. God does not want part-time followers. He wants those who long for him with a hunger and with a thirst. It's a desire to know God, but it is also a desire to be like God. 
In Matthew 6.33, it reads, But seek first the kingdom of God, and notice this, and his righteousness. That's what he's saying. Seek his righteousness. In Matthew 5-7, we have Jesus interpreting the Ten Commandments, interpreting the Old Testament. He tells us what righteousness is like. He tells us it's not enough not to take a knife and stab a man, but if you have murder in your heart. It's not enough to say, well, I haven't slept with anybody but my spouse. If you lust in your heart after someone else that's not your spouse, you've already in God's sight violated his commandment. The Pharisees were content with merely outward performance. Jesus wanted us to live ethically moral lives on the outside, but also on the inside. That's why he said in verse 20, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you certainly will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's an amazing statement. Amazing. These Pharisees gave of their tithes. And they were scrupulous in their giving. These religious leaders were scrupulous in obeying the law and keeping all sorts of traditions. But deep in their heart, they weren't changed. Deep where no one saw them, they were still filled with sin. Jesus called them whited sepulchers. See, God is not only concerned outwardly that we do the right thing, but inwardly we're the right people. The gospel not only transforms our outward behavior, but it transforms who we are and what we are. Uh, the Scottish saint cried out, Oh God, make me just as holy as a pardoned sinner can be. Oh God, make me just as holy as a pardoned sinner can be. That desire for righteousness, to be right with God, to do the right thing among men, to be right on the inside. We come to the third and final point. We have an intensification of our holy desire, an aspiration of holy desire. But then there's a satisfaction of our holy desire. I like that old chorus that says, Satisfied, satisfied. He said he be my comforter. He said he be my God. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. When we serve God with all that we are, when we hunger after him, he prepares a feast and satisfies the longing of our soul. We've got to turn away from earthly things and set our minds on heavenly things. And I know that's not popular in a materialistic culture. But in our materialistic culture, see how many people are truly happy. Yes, I know on television they practice their bright smile. Americans are known for their smile. But on the inside, they're crying. On the inside, they're empty. On the inside, 
They're suffering from spiritual malnutrition. We live in a world where fulfilled desire and unfulfilled desire are often equally disappointing. When a person gets it, what he wants, what he seeks, in this world, it just doesn't satisfy. So it has to be something else. It's so elusive. It evaporates once you lay hold of it. If I get this, I'll be happy. If I, well, you know, once I graduate high school, I will be happy. And graduation day comes and goes. Well, once I finish college and I get a job, and it comes and goes. And Well, once I get married, well, once we have children, we'll be happy. Oh, once the children leave, we'll be happy. <laughs> Never ends. It's found in God. Happiness is knowing Him and relating to Him. This passage of Scripture, when it says, for they will be filled, speaks about a satisfied soul. And it speaks of our present transformation because the hunger and thirst for righteousness, something happens. You are fulfilled. A transformation takes place. You're conformed to the image of Christ. That's what it's all about. The Bible says, but Christ has made unto us wisdom and righteousness. We hunger and thirst for God. We hunger and thirst for the righteousness that only he can give. And God gives us himself. He lives inside of us and lives out our lives. And we have a righteousness that looks like the Sermon on the Mount. I love the message translation of Romans 8.29. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. Isn't that beautiful? Here's a portrait of Jesus, and that should be your portrait too. You're being conformed, transformed to his image and likeness. How oh, you manifest patience, love, understanding, goodness, forgiveness, mercy. You begin to be more and more like him. There's a transformation, but also there's a consummation of this promise as well. And that consummation is in the future. I like the passage of Scripture in Psalm 17, verse 15. It says, And I, in righteousness, will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. Someday we shall see him, and we shall be like him. There's an old story. Um, and it was a made-up story, but there's a wonderful element of truth for Christians in it. Story of a prince who is a hunchback. And his father, the king, was a beautifully formed man. And they 
made a statue of him and they put him in the center garden. And his son would walk around and every day he'd look at that statue of his father, erect and straight and beautiful. And he'd long to be like his father. And this happened for years, every day. It was his pattern to go by the center of the garden, to gaze longingly up at that statue of his father. One day as he went, suddenly his back snapped and he stood erect like his father. One day, the longing of our hearts will be fulfilled. That desire to be like Jesus will be fulfilled. We shall see him and we shall, what does the scripture say? We shall see him and we shall be like him. One day, we will no longer battle with the sin of this world. No longer battle with a fallen nature. No longer battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. It'll all be over. And we'll have been conformed to the image and likeness of the Savior. Holy desire. It should be an intensification of holy desire. That desire is essential. And it is intensifying. It grows with the passing of the years. I find myself wanting more of God and less of this world. More of the kingdom and less of the things of this life. An aspiration of holy desire. We aspire for God because He alone is holy. He alone is righteous. He alone is worthy of praise. We aspire to know Him and to be like Him. It's a satisfaction of holy desire. God satisfies the craving of our hearts. If he hears the sparrows who cry for food and feeds them, how much more will he feed his children who cry out for righteousness? Make that the occupation of your life, the desire of your soul. Some people love their job and it's good to love their job and they don't count the hours. But I tell you, there'll be a day that you count the dates on the calendar and you'll say, where has life gone? See, we need, we need, we must have more than enough to live on. We must have enough to live for. We must have more than enough to live on. We must have enough to live for. And that only comes out of a relationship with God. Jesus took man's deepest desire for hunger, for thirst. It's elementary. It's essential. That has to be satisfied before any other desire is satisfied. He said, I should be the hunger of your soul, the thirst of your soul, should be for righteousness for God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith. 
with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from the Gospel of Matthew and Pastor Ed's in-depth study of the Beatitudes. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select Today's Date from the Voice of Faith Media Player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. We'd also like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Beatitudes right here on Voice of Faith.